the Mess It Up Podcast, where we take your mess and turn it into a message. And now, here's the Bowtie Guy. I just figured it was going around. Everyone had it. Might as well be your turn, too. Might as well. Hey, you have found the Mess It Up podcast. I am your host, the Bowtie Guy, uh, and I'm here today with returning guest, uh, Patrick. Hello, so, Paul. How you doing? I'm doing great, actually. It is good to have you here. We were talking the other day, having a conversation, and I lovingly told Patrick to stop talking because I thought what we were having there as a conversation would make a great show, so we stopped talking about it, and I'm hoping we can pick up where we were on it and remember where we were, but uh, he brought up a really great topic that I'll, I'll bring up in just a little bit, but first of all, we've got to get to uh, what I believe is Patrick's, well, I don't want to say it's his favorite part of the show, but I will say that I don't know if anybody honors the word of the week as much as Patrick does. I'm going to call him Mr. Wow. It's true. It's uh, true. Because uh, he is definitely one that makes sure that I know he's using it. And our word of the week this week is bric-a-brac. And bric-a-brac is one of those lovely old school terms. I heard it on a podcast with uh, Jeff Goldblum used it. But it's basically a collection of just useless stuff or ornamental stuff and just, you know, decorative things. Like I, he just pointed to my, my wall of cups. Um, and... Uh, I, I commented, Patrick, uh, we don't have a picture of him up, uh, but Patrick has definitely the Viking look, and he's got the beard and everything <laughs> like that. And the other day he had a little something, so I told him, yeah, you got bric-a-brac in your beard. Um, so uh, go ahead and use bric-a-brac. This one's a challenge. This one's like a, a little bit of a bonus. So instead of 10 bonus points this week, I think I want to give 16 bonus points per per usage of bric-a-brac. 16 is a good number. And, uh, and, and we'll go with that. So if you can use it, great. And here's what I would love. If you can let us know that you saw the show or heard the show and you've got some bric-a-brac or you see some bric-a-brac, what I'd like you to do is I'd like you to post it on any of our social media platforms, iTunes or uh, Instagram, Facebook, uh, Twitter, with the hashtag mess it up, hashtag bric-a-brac. And that's B-R-I-C-A-B-R-A-C. So hashtag bric-a-brac, hashtag mess it up. Show us your bric-a-brac and um, I will pick a lucky winner to get a Starbucks card based on them posting uh, their pictures of bric-a-brac. And right now, Patrick just did dog head, turned it, and he's like, hey, I can do this. Have we got our uh, response back from the last show I was on with the... I have not, gift card. Nobody has responded wow. uh, for the gift card. Yeah, so so that card is still in the running as well. So lots of coffee to be had, uh, which is um, always a lovely thing, I think. Uh, and speaking of coffee, my wife just left. She's going to get. Uh, we're repotting our coffee plants, and uh, we are headed. Uh, as we record this, it's a Saturday, and I will be headed off to the lovely Hawaiian Islands, and I'm going back to the land of coffee. I'm going to go to where these coffee plants were. Uh, were born, uh, where I picked them, and uh, talked to those people about how to, you know, keep them going from the state that they are now into the state where they will eventually be flourishing coffee trees. So very excited about that. But enough bric-a-brac. <laughs> this is like verbal bric-a-brac going on here. Uh, what I want to do is I want to jump into this show. And Patrick, what we were talking about that day was emotions and how emotions, whether good or bad. You made the statement that they're all about control, and could you say more about your thoughts on that? Absolutely. 
So what got me was uh, several years ago, I did an anger management class with an actual uh, counselor, not biblical based, just a scientific base. And it was okay. But I, as I got through the class, I was just trying to get it done to get it done. And so now in, in a peaceful state of mind that I'm in, I went back and re- reread that book and really a lot of our problems as human beings, and it was the way we were designed from the genetic start. We, everything is based off of emotion. Um, our emotions, anger, sadness, happiness. If you really think about it, when we're happy, it's because we're in control of everything that's going on around us. Right. And right. when we're sad, it's the complete opposite. When we're angry, something in our life isn't going. So that aspect of control, the more we have, the happier we are, thus getting us into complete and utter chaos in the rest of our lives. So we really need to watch the amount of control we have and, and watch how it correlates directly with our emotions. So more emotion, less emotion, more control, less control. Let's see, see if people can really look at themselves in the mirror and see how that uh, works out. Yeah. And, um, the book that you, uh, were referring to, is this a, uh, Christian based book at all, or just a, uh, uh, non-Christian based book? No, I think it's, um, done through uh whatever i I forget the the gal's name she was a local ridgecrest uh counselor for anger management and it was just one of the books that she did okay so not not a faith-based kind of book and do you remember the name of this book yeah good old-fashioned anger management Anger Management. i love that one not to be confused with the movie yeah yeah which is different (laughs) so you said that you had gone through the class and you just marked off the boxes to get through it and then you went back and reviewed and started getting more information out of it. Is that a correct? In a nutshell, yeah. Okay, so I, I had a similar experience as I went through um, my counseling following my release from incarceration. I was just like, I got to get this done. I want to get through it so I can move on with life to the next thing. And I, I wasn't letting it soak in. I um, likened this just today in my CR class at the prison to taking a a pitcher of water and pouring it over a plant and just dumping it and the water just splashes out and goes everywhere as opposed to slowly pouring it so it can soak in and really absorb. And so frequently I get into that mood or mode of just uh, consuming, uh, getting done. Uh, Hey, I read uh, the entire uh, New Testament today because I'm super holy. Like, hey, what'd you get out of it? I got done. You know, that's, that's about all I get when I'm speed reading the Bible. Sometimes I just need to stop and just read a verse and then reread it and and continue to just meditate on it. That's why I love in uh, step 11, it talks about through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God, that meditation and reading something and just thinking about it. Um, But emotions are, I mean, we are emotional. It separates us from the rest of uh, mm-hmm. the world, this idea of emotion. And, and I'm not sure what my dog feels. Well, I don't have a dog anymore, so I know what it feels. It feels nothing. <laughs> but when I had a dog and I would come home and that, that tail would be wagging and jumping around and, and it seemed to be happy. So perhaps that's an emotion. Perhaps it's not an emotion, but, but we operate, I operate from an emotional basis so frequently. My wife was gone. So I was guarding my emotions. I was making sure I didn't get too sad. I was making sure I didn't get too depressed. I was making sure I didn't get too lonely because I didn't want to be, as you say, out of control mm-hmm. and, and 
and feel that. <clears throat> when when you first read that, it, did it just go past you, and then the second reading it sunk in, or what? How, why do you? What do you attribute that to the the sink in factor of this that you were able to repeat it back to someone? Well, originally it was because I didn't think I had a problem. I thought it was okay to when you're upset at something to get the anger off of your chest, to get it out of your body, that it's poison, that it's dangerous, to just mm -hmm. l release it. What I came to find out, it was, it's that, that quick adrenaline rush that you get from that release. And like so many things, we create a dependency, a, a mental or chemical or whatever it may be. We create a dependency to that. So at the time, I didn't think I was angry. So I, I, I didn't need to hear what was in the book. But as I, I walk and step and move towards closer to Christ, I, I, I go, huh, you know what? I'm going to give that a reread. It's sitting in the shelf collecting dust. Let's give it a reread. And I read it and go, oh, it is healthy to let go of some anger. But you got to do it the right way. And oh, I am angry because I'm out of control. And if I have control, then I don't have anger. And it's okay to be upset, but do it in the right way. Yeah, it's... Um... It can be, I think, really tricky to uh, try to manage those um, those things. Ephesians four twenty six says, "In your anger, do not sin." Um, it doesn't say, "Don't be angry." Right. You know, God gave us anger. That God God has been angry. We've seen anger from God, so God can't be God can't sin. God can be angry. So. The math says that anger is not a sin, but it's how I express it. It's the eruption or the violence or the cold shoulder or the, uh, the, the silence and passive aggressive. It's all these different things can be. And I think what I have a tendency of doing is patting myself on the shoulder and saying, hey, you did a good job with that because you didn't yell and scream. Well, when I found out, I was just giving people an icy stare and making them feel worse than perhaps if I had yelled and screamed and I'm feeling good about myself like I didn't do it. And so it's not about don't scream. It's not about don't be silent. It's about getting it out because it is a poison inside. Right. I mean, it, it needs to come out or it's going to fester and, and cause resentments and, and all matter of, of issues. <clears throat> yeah, it definitely says don't hold it in. It yeah. says find a way. And, and even when you get into the biblical-based books, it says... You know, uh, don't go to bed angry. Try not to, try not to, uh, you know, if you got to leave the room, leave the room. If you got to leave the house, leave the house. If you got to run around the block, find something to relieve that anger because stone cold, just shunning somebody and ignoring them and doing the, the, the stone wall, as you called it, the passive aggressive, I'm punishing you, but not really. This is yeah. how I'm, no, it's, it's just as bad as the old fashioned let me let me have let me tell you yeah. how I feel. Yeah, um, the uh, the idea that we're not letting it out, and and you realize that 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 you had been. Do you attribute that more to being in denial about your anger? Do you attribute that more to a a, a better, def, more concise definition of what anger looks like? Um, are they a blend? How do you attribute that, that realization? Okay. I was angry when before I thought, okay, I wasn't angry. Oh man, you, you got me on that one. So I really, 
I feel in my heart that because I'm 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 closer to God and closer to to being better than I was yesterday, that I see, and that that whole thought of I'm just not in control, and that's why I'm mad. I'm mad at you. Not you, but you in general. I'm mad at you, the other person that is in the confrontation with. Why? Because that person did something wrong. And and if I really truly follow my biblical path, I can be disappointed that you don't agree with me. But where I cross the line is by saying, you aren't listening to me, and I'm going to tell you why. Yeah. Because that's, that's wrong. So I can be... Anger is not the right word because I've moved past that. I'm, I try not to be angry because that, that word doesn't make sense in my vocabulary because I'm not angry. Because if I am disappointed in something, it is truly because I am being selfish. And I get in an argument with my wife on a constant basis and I, I love to apologize and say, sweetheart, I love you and I'm sorry. I was being selfish. If only I would have done it a different way or just listen to you before I spoke, Mm -hmm. listen before we speak, then the problem, we probably wouldn't have an argument. Yeah. And you mentioned earlier the idea of, you know, that the Bible says, don't let the sun go. And that's the next line. It's don't let the sun go down on your anger. I don't interpret that as you've got to solve this problem before you go to sleep. Because sometimes these problems are going to take time to work out. But what we do is we quell the anger and we we get the emotions to where they're not boiling over and and it might be a thing where we say okay we're going to come back and talk about this tomorrow um we're not going to be fighting about it we're not going to be yelling about it we're not going to hold animosity i'm not going to be processing it as i'm thinking but there's still more to figure out about this we got the big thing but you know we might need to continue this and i'm i'm all for that because if all we're doing is just trying to stay awake until we've got this problem solved at least for me I'm not going to solve the problem well because I'm not going to be putting my full thought in it because I'm going to be thinking, man, I'm starting to get tired. Let's just, I'll start agreeing to things that I don't mean. And then holding the other person accountable for the agreements that I came to in my head saying, okay, yeah. Or doing that thing where I think, all right, I can change her. I can change him. You know, this'll, this'll be different. I'll just, I'll accept it now, but it'll, it'll get better as I work on them. And then that just, that's just a great recipe for resentment down the line. Well, I'm also doing a, a, in my small group, I'm doing a study on boundaries. And I really do. Is the the Henry Cloud? Yes. Okay. And I'm really, the first six or seven chapters, I was really like, no, I don't agree with this. And and the group, the small group was like, but Pat, and then each one would try to convince me. And I'm like, no, because think about it. If I'm setting a boundary, I'm, I'm going against God's will. And if God doesn't want that, why do it? And then it started, things slowly started moving in stern. And I started realizing that boundaries, you got to be careful because boundaries fall back to that. Am I setting a boundary because it's healthy and it's biblical? Or am I setting a boundary because I'm selfish? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there's a huge difference between a boundary and a wall. Right. Uh, we have a, a boundary uh, on our northern border with Canada. We don't have a big, massive wall. It's not the Great Wall of America. It's it's a boundary. It says this is the end of this and the beginning of that. And, you know, we, there's rules for going past this boundary. And, and we can set those boundaries without blocking people 
out. I can set a boundary. I have boundaries with my mom. Like I will not allow this to happen. It doesn't mean I don't ever see my mom. I just say, look, this is a boundary. We're not going here. And, and that's, that's okay. And it makes for a much more peaceful relationship and environment. But do you see, just listening to you talk like that, I felt a little selfish and I was like, no, you're wrong. But it's, it's so tough. Like, I feel like this is speaking of walls. I feel like this is a wall and you walk down the center of it and you literally teeter from side to side on what is okay. And what is me saying? No, I want this for me because I need it. Well, and we, we are allowed to need things and want things. And when we're allowed to have that, that healthy desire for something, um, you know, I, I married my wife because I wanted to spend the rest of my life with her. And that was a selfish thing. I didn't want (laughs) other people to have her for the rest of my life. I wanted to have her. And, um, and I'm not, I'm not alarmed by that or, or, or concerned by that. But when we, it can be easy to go to an extreme and start being too selfish. I, we were just talking in my celebrate recovery at the prison this afternoon about the fact that recovery is a selfish thing and that's good. Ooh. That it starts off selfish. It starts off, this is something I'm doing for me because I've got to get healthy and then I can stop being as selfish and it goes from taking to giving. But at some point, someone has to take in order for someone to get the joy of giving. If I never take from anything, my mom will come and say, hey, you want to go to dinner? I'm like, I feel bad. I'm you know, in my 50s and my mom wants to take me out to dinner. And I was like, no, 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 let me take you. And I realized... I'm robbing her of the joy of being able to provide dinner for her son. And yeah. it's like, okay, yeah, I'll go to dinner with you. <clears throat> so it's, it's tricky. One thing that I am going to put a boundary on, though, is the fact that we're, uh, we're about 18 minutes into this thing and we haven't taken a break yet. So <laughs> uh, what I'm going to do is uh, I'm going to go to this song that um, we have for our song of the week. And Pat brought this song and he said, hey, were you aware that this person... Uh, now did a, a Christian song. I was like, I had no idea. So we're going to give a listen to this song. We'll be back on the other side to tell you about Head Above Water by Avril Lavigne.
so that was a great song that I did not expect. I was uh, a little bit dubious when you said she had done some Christian music. And indeed, this song is definitely not um, shy about uh, God and our need for him. What stands out for you on this song? Oh, Paul, I, I first heard the song on K-Love. And I looked at my wife, who is a music buff, and I said, why is this voice sound so familiar? And she's like, I think it's Avril Lavigne. And the song ended, and they were like, oh, that was a great Christian ballad by Avril Lavigne. You know, the first album she's released in like six years, and and I, I just can't get enough of it. And, and, I, and I see the lyrics of the song, and it's, it, it is, now that I actually look at the lyrics, man, this is like right up my alley. She's talking about swimming in the ocean and storms and currents pulling her in different directions. And she's basically telling God, like, God, just don't leave me. Keep my head above water. Like, don't let me drown. And and who of us don't feel the same way yeah. in our lives? Yeah. And that the thing is, I would be so tempted to be like, God, get me out of the water. And she's like, she's in the water. We have to, if you, if you say, get my head above water, you have to be in the water. Yeah. And she's not asking for a complete reprieve and a complete do over or erase what's going on. She's just like, look, I know it's going to be rough. I know there's stuff, but just let me get some air. Let me breathe. And all the other stuff that's going on, all those currents still there, all those depths still there. That shark still there. She just wants her head above water. She knows where she's got to go to get that is to God. And and that's just, uh, it's refreshing to me because so often I want the easy way out. God, put me on the beach because I want to be on the beach. And she, no, just get my head above water, God. And, and that'll be good. And then trying for me to learn to be okay with that. Um, when I was sitting on the other side of the bars, I'm like, you know what? If I could just go and sit in my living room, I wouldn't care what was on the TV or who was doing what, and it would just be enough for me. And now I'm like, excuse me, uh, my remote. And it's not enough. I'm not satisfied with it. And to try to keep that satisfaction with like, I'm not drowning. I could, but I'm not. And that's for that to be enough, that's, that's a huge step for me. Well, you know what happens there. when your head is above water? You can see where you're going. Yeah. Yeah. You can see the shore. Yeah. So. Yeah. And, and, uh, so often people aren't willing to get into that position. And I think in ministry, I'm trying to think of a a time when I was doing ministry and I wasn't stuck below the water or in the water. You know, I, I can't do ministry dry. I've got to get in the mess, and that, which is what I love about the whole concept of the show is taking a mess and turning it into a message, not leaving it a mess, not erasing the mess, but changing it into a message for other people to learn from that mess. It's just a, it's a beautiful thing for me. I, I, I love that. I love hearing testimonies uh, because of that, because like, okay, that idiot did it. I, I can do it. And you really stop and think you, you can take most of your mess acknowledge your mess like you just said it's not going to go away but you can unmess it a little bit mm-hmm. and you can learn from that mess and and less messy is is better yeah and the first step is acknowledging it you know if you don't acknowledge that it's a mess well then it obviously doesn't need to be changed it doesn't need to be fixed it doesn't need to be better it's it, it's obviously fine which is why i hate i mean one of my least favorite phrases is hey how you doing oh it's all good that is just so not true. It's true. It's not it's, all good. You're right. Listen, I was watching the news and I saw that there was a car bomb in, in Lebanon and people died. That's not good. It's not all good. There's bad stuff out there all the time. And I don't have to go across an ocean 
or to a different continent. I can find, you know, stuff just right here in town in my own house. I mean, my, my car won't start. That's not good. I mean, I'm saving gas. Yeah, that helps. And I can find benefits to things, but just that, and that's that whole, we, we talked a, a few shows ago about the idea of having a positive attitude um, and just saying, you know, everything is fine and being all Pollyanna about things as opposed to a proactive attitude and a progressive attitude to try to say, okay, here's what I'm going to do because this is not great. Here's how we can move into great because of this and leverage those negative things and, and flip them so that we're using, you know, using that big guy's weight to flip him over your shoulder, you know, taking his momentum and, and using it to our advantage. And the devil's got a lot of momentum, which just means he's ripe for flipping. And you don't, you don't have to be scared. If somebody asks you, and this is exactly how I feel. If somebody asks me, Hey, Pat, how you doing today? You know what? If I'm not doing okay, I'm at a place in my life where I'm like, you know what? Today's not the greatest. Going through a few things, would love to talk to you about them if we haven't some other time, but not right now. Does it disarm But I'm doing okay. When you do that, I find people get very disarmed. Opens especially their eyes. at the beginning. Because they're expecting, look, I'm just standing in line for coffee and I'm trying to be polite <laughs> here. I just don't care about your problems. That's not what... I needed you to say I'm good and then go order your latte and move about your day. And I, I think it's... Sometimes it's fun to just disarm people with the honesty of, man, in the middle of a struggle right now. Things are really, really rough. And yeah. you just see how they, how they go. Yeah, because you're exactly right. To tell someone, hey, Pat, how you doing? Well, I feel like I got kicked in the teeth today. Yeah. Okay. Uh, it's good seeing you. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, my, one of my uh, go-to lines that I just have tucked in my back pocket in case someone tees it up for me is, you know, how's the world treating you? And I sometimes will say, like it caught me in bed with his wife. Because sometimes <laughs> it's just rough, you know, and um, it, it, it's not. And, and I didn't make that, that. That is, I have to full disclosure here, that's a normism from Cheers. That was one that Norm used uh, when uh, they asked him. Uh, one time coming in the bar, but it's like, it stuck with me. It's like, yeah, sometimes things just aren't that great. And um, going back to what we were talking about before with the emotions, it, it, a lot of it has to do with my emotions and the emotion beneath the emotion. You know, we can identify anger. We can identify happy. We can identify mm -hmm. sad. Immediately, so many people do it. My guys in the prison, just like, oh yeah, that's what I did. And I made them keep an emotional diary. And so many of them came back with those big three. I said, well, what, what was that anger really that you were feeling? And then they're like, well, I was stressed. Okay, well, what were you feeling underneath the stress? What, what caused the stress? Well, I was um, concerned about uh, something at home. Okay, so you were concerned, all right? Now we've gone from anger to stress to concern. Now what was going on behind the concern there? And it, it came back to, like you said, control. I wasn't in control and it was fear. It was fear of what would happen if I wasn't in control. And, and so often, especially those negative emotions, I could draw a line and get you to fear with those emotions. And it's, it's that desire for control. Yeah, it's, it's dangerous and it's, I, I don't like playing with it now. I try to do my very best in everything I do. When I feel that, as the movie would say, that anger monkey mm -hmm. trying to rally. I just go, okay, what is happening in this moment? 
that I feel this way. And 9.99% of the time, it added, added the 10, it's something doesn't go my way. Yeah. And when I stop and think about that, I chuckle to myself and go, wow, okay, then it's not worth it. I'm not going to have an argument here. I'm not going to have a fight. I'm not going to have a meltdown, a blow up. And and it's gone. That anger is gone. It's, you know, I don't have that adrenaline rush. I don't have that spike. I don't have the, because all those things hurt you too. Your body releases the oh. adrenaline and the white blood cells and you go into the fight or flight mode and, and it. Yeah. And we can become addicted to that. There are so many people that are addicted to the adrenaline of a fight. I'm convinced that my mother is addicted to the adrenaline rush of an argument wow. because she picks those arguments all the time. Uh, she used to do it with my dad and my dad's been gone now 15 years and I think she misses that. <clears throat> and so she'll just pick a fight so she can have that adrenaline rush because it's a chemical that comes in. And just like a person smoking a cigarette gets that nicotine, we get that adrenaline and sometimes that can just be our body craving that <clears throat> and it's dangerous. So I think the thing I want to look at at the end here is how do we get rid of this emotional bric-a-brac and <laughs> bring it in to just a peaceful thing and take that mess of the anger or the sadness or whatever it is that we're doing and, and, and accept the lack of control. Well, what we can do is first we can acknowledge that Anger is not just going to vanish out of our lives, that it was programmed into us from the earliest cell for, for eternity. It's, it's genetically encoded in us, so it's not going to go away. What we can do, though, is acknowledge why we're sad why we're because nobody paul nobody's going to go around going oh i'm i'm so happy today because i'm in control of everything yeah and acknowledge that they're happy because they're like hey life is good everything is going great mm -hmm. yes control but when you're not in control and you're angry and you're mad and you're sad and you're disappointed it goes back to my father passed away i was sad why was i sad because i was selfish my dad was no longer there yeah so now I just, I do my very best to go, okay, these things, I want them my way. When they don't happen my way, don't get me wrong. I throw a little temper tantrum. My wife compares me to a 12-year-old. Not too bad. It's not a 4-year-old. It's okay, 12. Okay, I was so. thinking the same thing. Well, at least you're not a kindergartner or something, <laughs> I know. But when it's all said and done, I'm very good about turning that mess around and making it unmessy by saying, sweetheart, I am selfish and I apologize. Mm -hmm. And, and really, people look at yourselves in the mirror when you do that and, and know in your hearts that you are upset and you are angry and you are happy and sad and all of the emotion spectrums because of that issue of control. And if you just acknowledge that you're being selfish, then nine times out of ten, you will get away with yeah, forgiveness. And, and uh, the thing that I think is really important to remember is me being not in control is not necessarily the same thing as me being out of control. Wow, great one. Because if I'm sitting in the car riding with you, you're driving, I'm not in control of the car. But we're not just careening all over the place and going nuts. There's control. And so if I turn my control over to God, and I just trust that God wants the very best for me, and I know that he wants the very best for me because he created this world for me, and I am, out of all the people on the planet, his very favorite, then obviously, if I give him my control, it's going to be good. Just like when my kids ceded their control to me, I, I didn't look to try to 
have a gotcha situation on them. I was like, how can I bless you? You know, what can we do to make this just more awesome? And that's what God wants for me. And, and keeping that in mind that I don't have to be in control for things to not be out of control. And actually I'm sometimes a really bad driver and I'll, I'll go into the ditch, you know, or off the cliff, Thelma and Louise style, just because it seems like the thing to do. Well, great, because I'm a really bad passenger. <laughs> I, I'm a worse passenger. I am. I'm horrible. My family could attest to that. But, well, cool. Well, here's what we need to do. We need to look at that, that, that idea that you said of, of control, you know, and, and asking ourselves that question. And I just, I challenge you this week to keep a diary, write it down, and just look and see when you felt an emotion and where was the control in it and track it back. And at first you might think, oh, it's not, it's not that. Let's just go with the premise and just humor us here uh, at the podcast for the week and just try to find a link back to that and have an accountability part that you talk to uh, about this with and say, okay, here's what I came up with and I couldn't find the control in this one. Can you help me? And have those people that you can trust that will speak into your life and know that when they're speaking into your life, first of all, you ask them to. And second of all, they're not doing it because they hate you. If they hate you, they'll just walk away. They're doing it because they're saying, right now, they're giving up their control and their time to spend time making you a better you. So just accept that, that uh, criticism as a healthy thing that you're you're trying to grow and they're trying to help you. So uh, I, I challenge you to do that. Have a partner that you can do that with um, and get some coffee. And I do it with you, Pat, but you're going to have to come to Hawaii. Oh, Are you down? Wow. Hey, honey, I'll be back. I'm having coffee with I you. I had a question. Where were you? You've been gone for three, four days. <laughs> I had a question about that. Are you going to the island that had the volcano? And It still has a volcano. And I am actually going to be, uh, next Friday, I'm going to be leading worship at Celebrate Recovery in the town of Volcano on the side of the Kilauea Volcano, which was uh, just a few miles from where all the lava and everything like that was happening. And I'll be leading uh, worship there wow. with my uh, son-in-law and wife. We'll be doing worship with a ukulele. And uh, it's going to be absolutely fan-stink-tastic. I will try to record it and get it onto the uh, the podcast uh, Facebook page. Uh, well, I'll tell you what, Paul, since I can't be there in person, when you have that cup of coffee, go ahead and pour a little out for your homie. Oh, pour some out for the <laughs> homies. Yeah, we'll do that. We'll catch up on that. But, you know, keep that diary, write it down, and then just, just share uh, with someone. And maybe it's your spouse. Maybe it's a coworker. Maybe it's uh, your pastor. Um, maybe it's, I don't know. But uh, but do that with someone. And, and if you don't grow from it, if you don't if you don't gain something from it, you know, hit me up on Facebook, on the, the Facebook page, send an email or something and let me know. And uh, let's, let's see if we can break it down and, and look at that side of things. Because heaven knows I'm not always right. I just act as though I am. <laughs> and uh, I'm sure the same can be said for many people. So um, be in contact. So I say they should contact me on Facebook and all that kind of stuff. And I guess this is a time where I should put that out there where we are. Uh, we are on Instagram and Facebook and Twitter. We're on Reddit, um, and everything is pretty much, if you look for Mess It Up Podcast or uh, Messed Up Ministries, um, we have alternating things on some of those. Uh, most of it is Mess it, mess it Up Podcast, but on Reddit, we are Messed Up Ministries. You can also email me at bowtieguy at messituppodcast.com. You can get a hold of Intern Dave, who I'll be talking to in a couple days uh, out there in beautiful Hawaii, uh, at info at messituppodcast.com. 
And for those of you who would like to help the show out, uh, you can give us a rating and a review on iTunes and uh, SoundCloud and all the different platforms. Go and listen to them on all the different ones. Rate us everywhere and review us everywhere because that really does help to get more people finding the show, gets the listeners up, and that just brings the news to everybody uh, a little easier. You can also become a patron if you'd like by going to MessItUpPodcast.com. Click on the little button that says become a patron and uh, that'll take you to our Patreon page where you can sponsor the show financially. Uh, for as little as a dollar a month, you'll be able to do that. I have plans for a new patrons-only podcast that will come out in the patron feed uh, that people will be able to listen to. And uh, it's going to be called um, uh, Times Three. And we're going to be looking at people's life then, now, and in the future. Wow. And uh, so that's that's coming out uh, probably, uh, hopefully, in the next uh, couple weeks or months. And that'll be for our Patreon uh, subscribers only as a little bonus to uh, all of our subscribers, just a way to say thank you, give you some extra content during the week. But uh, for now, Pat, thank you so much. I'm going to go ahead and pre-Hawaii-fi myself, and I'm going to say mahalo for being on the show. And um, I will see you uh, next time we mess it up. Yes. Thanks for checking out the Mess It Up podcast. If you've got any questions or feedback, please email info at messituppodcast.com. Don't forget to share with your friends, and we'll see you next time we mess it up. <laughs>